welcome to D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. Join our various gaming groups as we play the 5th Edition of Dungeons & Dragons. And maybe just hang out and chat about gaming in general. Sit back and enjoy the show. Great start. That's actually an excellent start. You so do you play World of Warcraft by chance? No. No? God, do you play any MMOs? I used to, but not not, not anyway. What did you used to play? Uh, I used to play Maple Story when I was there. Excellent. Good choice. My brother played it. Fun stuff. My, there's a character that I had. You wanna learn about RPGs? <laughs> and what about RPGs? You are the reason this panel exists. Yeah. Okay. Have a seat. You're in the hot spot now. Yes, Do you know anything about RPGs? Kind of not. Kind of not really. Have you played? What video games do you play? I play, uh, probably, normally I would play Flight Simulator a lot. Flight Simulator? Yeah. Not an RPG for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's up? Quick question. What's that TTRPG? So TTRPG <laughs> is a word I absolutely hate saying over and over and over again. Stands for tabletop role playing games. Yes, sir. Are any are we under eighteen at all? Anyone under eighteen? No? Excellent. So tabletop role playing games does not mean you get on the table and start role playing with your companion. Oh, it, a table is involved, <laughs> role playing is involved, consent is required. <laughs> so a tabletop role playing game is essentially, like you said, an analog version of a video game. There's mechanics you know, it's pen and paper, so essentially you have a character sheet, you have some rules going on, usually you're rolling dice, and it's great fun. And you have someone in the back called the GM or a DM or however they call it. I'm going to say DM because that's what I'm used to. stands for Game Master or Dungeon Master or however you want to. And essentially, like I'm doing now, I'm essentially guiding you through a narrative, a process, information, and you are all my players for today. So essentially, you all will have a character that you'll create on your character sheet or wherever. So you can think of a favorite comic book character, anime character, television series. If you watch Umbrella Academy, you can pick one of those characters and play them. Up to you. It's good stuff. Do you watch movies at all or anything? Uh, no, his, you looked away. He's great. Uh, great. Uh, I love that. Yeah, probably. Probably. What movie? What was the latest movie you saw that you enjoyed? Movie. Movie. 
Interstellar. Ooh, excellent. Do you like sci-fi films? I do. Excellent. I got quite a few sci-fi <laughs> RPGs. I, I play cyberpunk. Excellent. Oh, there you go. 2077? Yes, sir. Excellent. My brother does too. Has modded the crap out of it. He <laughs> loves it. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Yeah, because Dungeons and Dragons is mainstream media. I learned, or I got into Dungeons and Dragons through Critical Role. Do any of you know, who doesn't know what Critical Role is? No? Excellent. We're off to a great start. We know <laughs> what this is. So this is good. So essentially, Dungeons and Dragons became mainstream, right? And so everyone got a kick into it, because it's now in its renaissance. I mean, but all anymore. these other games <laughs> exist, and it's probably suited for you as well. So for instance, if you're like, oh, I don't like this fantasy setting, I want to do something that's maybe more magic punk or something like that. There's Numenera. If you want to do something steampunky, Pathfinder, they don't have Pathfinder on here, we'll have some sort of uh, steampunk modules to go with it. Have a good one. You've learned everything you need to know. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. So, yeah. Back to the main draw of it. So, for your instance, do you have, like, I don't mean to be rude about this. Do you have friends at all that you probably play with or play video games with or drop into video games with? Uh, I used to, but I moved, up, moved, up, uh, moved away from my hometown for school, so... Are you at U of A? Yeah. Excellent. There is actually a tabletop RPG club there, and there's a Discord server if you want to check it out in the school hub, uh, and they can definitely connect you if you want groups. What are your gentlemen's experience <laughs> with RPGs? It seems like you sit there and you... I've occasionally ran a game or two. One or and two. I've occasionally had this guy in a game or two. Excellent. Uh, Just yeah. occasionally. Learn about RPGs! <laughs> you want to learn what an RPG is? Start a rocket launcher. Does d and uh, box set count? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Well, starter set, the essentials. Yeah, that, was, that was my start. We're, we're talking old red box. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. old red box. The there's a, there's a remix. It's great. Yeah. The, so, new, the, the younger ones are like, oh, what is this? And they're like, sit down. Let me Every, tell you a story. Yeah, so that was my start through AD&D and oh, nice. everything else. And right now into pretty much... We, we originally met as friends at Tucson <laughs> yeah. Games and Gadgets nice. in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. yeah. When it first came out, you know. Yeah. Some of these books I did borrow from Games and Gadgets. So if you like <laughs> what you see... Which ones did I borrow from Games and Gadgets? Hang on. But yeah, this guy played. Oh, uh, that's Isle of Games. I took the Power Rangers four. one and yeah, Starfinder. So, Pathfinder, or no, Dungeons and Dragons had several different additions to it. Do you know all the editions of Dungeons and Dragons? I know they're on 5E. 5E. So that means there must have been four other editions before it. Sort of. Edition sort of. <laughs> There's. Five, actually, five editions before. Advanced, second edition, third edition, 3.5 edition, and fourth edition. <laughs> so... But that's leaving out the box set, so... Yeah. The box set is advanced D&D. Second one, kind of in between, where's in there. <laughs> See, so when, it, when it comes to advanced D&D... No, no, the original box set. Yeah. The D&D. Yeah, that it kind of evolves to. Yeah, the one in that 74 like, that Gary Dygax made, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you didn't have classes, now you had, like, Elf, that was your... That was, elf was, that was your world. class, essentially. It was yeah. a race class. Yeah. All human, in one wizard. Stuff. You yeah. chose elf, and you got all the magic and stuff with it. You chose yeah. human, you got all the fighter stuff with it. Uh, I understand. So technically six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there you are. So, um, 3.5 was like, third edition was great, but they wanted to change some things in 
dollars. So they made 3.5. Very complex. There are supplements, modules, yeah. rule books, dungeon master or yeah, dungeon master's guide, dungeon master's guide two, the <laughs> monster manual three, four, five, six, like three players' handbooks. Each class had its own handbook and a half sort of thing. Some of them were so, but some people didn't like that, so they made Pathfinder, which essentially took 3.5 and streamlined it. Kind of like how 5th edition is the most streamlined edition of Dungeons & Dragons. So if you want to jump into a game of Dungeons & Dragons, this is actually the best edition to get into. Yep. If you want to get something for Dungeons & Dragons, the player's handbook is almost a must. Unless you find it online, then it's still a must. It's, it's available. Anyway, <laughs> I won't tell you how to get it other than a book. And D&D Beyond oh, and DM's Guild. But if you want to start somewhere, this is great. However, if you find that that's, there's not enough in there, the mechanics don't work really well, are you a magic player at all? Trading card games? No? Trading card games? If you like heavy mechanics, you know, in Magic the Gathering, there's like the Jimmy, Timmy and spike archetypes. <laughs> if you are a Johnny, right, 3.5 is great. If you are a Timmy, 5th edition is great for you. <laughs> you guys know anything about RPGs? RPGs? TT RPGs. Oh, no. Tabletop yes. RPGs. You do. What do you play? Uh, D&D and Pathfinder. I don't have Pathfinder. I do have the sci-fi version, Starfinder. My brother's played Starfinder, and he has a lot of good time with it. He has a 3D printer, has made models for himself. He really loves it. So if you're looking for a sci-fi setting that's kind of like Dungeons & Dragons with more mechanics, Starfinder is a great starting point. Yeah. Mix of sci-fi and magic. Yeah. And then, like, if you want more sci-fi and magic, Numenera is also going to... I don't have a book. No one had a book. It's got beautiful art. I want to just get the book oh, for the art. Yeah. But anyway, so... Um, with those editions stemmed a whole bunch of different ones. And then, of course, like, I, do you like anime? Yes. Excellent. Do you like anime? Somewhat. Somewhat. What are your interests? <laughs> anime and playing slimes, which you can do in that. <laughs> slimes? In this one? Like you can play a slime. Excellent. Like from Dragon Warrior back in the day. Oh, nice. Excellent. Just a little globby slime. Do you know, sir, anything about tabletop RPGs? <clears throat> Me? Yes, you. Um, let's see, I've played uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I've played. Uh, let's see here. That looks like the only one out there that I've played. What other ones have you played? You mean like uh, existing campaigns? Or? Just like any other systems or anything? Long time ago, you played Traveler. I don't know if you remember oh. that. Bar Barnes and Noble has the Traveler system up at their booth. So if you're interested in checking it out, I don't know yeah. how much it is, but That's it's a there. long time ago. I'm playing <laughs> myself, but I used to play Traveler. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, they just released a new uh, updated version of it. So it's probably cool. what's there. Have you played any RPGs at all? Do you even know what a TTRPG is? Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Do you play video games or anything? No? Do you like board games? Yes. Excellent. So this is kind of like your general alley. Like if you want to do like some video gamey stuff, but not really sit in front of a screen, but you want that social aspect of it, this is a great point. So um, I've talked about the, for the, the newbies here, 
What is your experience with tabletop RPGs? I'm just going down the list to see what I can say, what I need to go over, any like plugs I need to do. What is your experience with tabletop RPGs? I've played a few, kind of new in the last four or five months. Oh, nice. Like Dungeons and Dragons or anything? Any different systems? What have you played? Uh, for uh, well, for fundraising here, I did uh, like a Harry Potter theme. Ooh. Nice. And, uh, what was the other one? Oh. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are good ones. Those are all those names. If you're taking notes or anything, those are good ones. See, the problem is though, there's just so many <laughs> systems oh, so here, <laughs> and so, like I said, if you want simplistic, something to start, D D has become the mainstream, the go-to, foundational for everything, and then all these other books have just taken pieces that they like, different dice systems, different mechanics, you can put into your own game. The only problem is, right, you got to find a group of people, because if you are a player, right, you need to find a dungeon master or a game master to run the game, or if you are a game master or dungeon master, you need to find players, right? You're in a great spot because you do have the university to back you up with a club. Usually I think they do Dungeons and Dragons, but there's always people looking at other systems, different things. And that's when I was asking about anime, is because Dungeons and Dragons can be anime. Do you know Goblin Slayer? Anyone know Goblin Slayer anime? So they actually have an RPG book out, which I, is on my wish list on Amazon, and I really want it. Kanosuba also has an RPG system that I really want. It, I've heard mixed reviews for it, but oh well. But see, you got to get some friends to play all those games with. There's just, I can name a bunch of them. And like I said, you're just going to have to pick and play for everything. So you've played games, I assume? Yeah. Then, have you played a game? What, is there a reason why you haven't? Like, is there something you don't like? Is it time management? Is there... I don't have a reason. You don't have a reason? <laughs> well, you need to get her to play. <laughs> Even if it's just a two-player experience. You, you DM and she's the player, or the other way around. You can learn to be a DM, and he can be the player. And it'll be a great time. You just get some drinks in you, and you start doing stuff, and you randomly roll dice. It's a fun time. It's a great night. And you don't even need a system. Um, usually, with the RPGs, you have dice, right, to go with it. Usually, the classic D20 is what a lot of these will go for. However, if you're doing systems like Savage Worlds or um, uh, Fate is another system, you're going to have a different sort of D6 or other dice. Now, when I say D20, D6, for the newbies, you have, it's a dice, 20-sided, dice, 6-sided. So, um, what is it, backgammon uses a D6. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of weird to say that sort of thing. <laughs> or like Yahtzee, bunch of D6s. Your Yahtzee, you get the same, and you get Yahtzee on a bunch of D6s. It's wonderful. And people are like, oh, great, D6s. And they're like, what is that thing? It's a six-sided die. There's D20, D12, D8, D4s. D3s you can roll instead of like tumble like the traditional dice. D100s you also roll because they look like a ball. D1000s are just balls and you gotta like corral them and stuff. They're quite entertaining or you can roll them. So many different things. When you start an RPG, the only thing you really need is someone who's willing to be the game master who will guide you through the narrative, create scenarios and present options for you. Players who create characters who take on those options 
and then discuss those prompts and make decisions based on what their character as a party wants to do. And then they go forth and make the story together. The DM has a setting for you, but not necessarily a story. Characters are what make a story. If Star Wars didn't have all of its characters, it would just be giant space and there's a war going on. And that's about it. That's great. That's cool. Whatever. Exciting. Now we throw in Luke. Well, why Luke is there? Well, there's Ben Kenobi and all that stuff. And who's not seen Star Wars? Excellent. See, we all know that Star Wars is a great example of a, of a role-playing party. You have Luke, who's like the general fighter. He's going through the mentorships, and he's learning how to do it. Leia is sort of like your front person, your charismatic person to go through and engage with everything. Han Solo is your rogue, essentially going through and knows how to pick blocks, flight things, all that. Chewie's also a fighter. So you sort of get like, if you want a story, those characters exist to tell a story. It's not the setting itself. You can have this great setting, like, oh, I want this giant clockwork tower going on, and there's airships going on, but magic's, like, being outlawed by the government. Great. Wonderful. How, how do those things, like, are you going to, like, hijack an airship because it's got all the magic and you're working for the outlying bureaucratic government, or are you hijacking seized equipment? That's what your characters are doing. And that's what all the players do. So... Essentially, as adults, it's our way to play pretend. <laughs> it's exciting. Uh, what you, well, you like I said, you need DM, you need players, you probably need a table. Thus, tabletop role-playing game. Um, if you're doing it online, which is possible with Roll Twenty, you still need to put your computer on something. You can put it on your lap, on a couch, or you can put your computer on a table. So it all comes back to that table, that pesky table. And you, know what? you don't need dice. It's fun to have. You don't need the maps and everything. It's fun to have. What you really need is the players and a scenario. Now, I have a plug for everyone. Arcane Collections has a booth up on the exhibitor floor, and they actually have a one-shot that you can run. They provide a map which is really cool. So you can put your pieces on. And when I say pieces, what does that mean? It can be anything. So what I do for my pub games is I have a giant bag of meeples. <laughs> you can find a katana and stuff. It's easy. I've numbered them. It's generic. So if I need 10 goblins, I have 10 green meeples on the board representing goblins. But if everyone doesn't have them, usually I help new players. Like, for instance, you would be coming to my table, and I would be teaching you how to play. What's your favorite color? You've got a red shirt on. So I have a red meeple <laughs> with the number one on it. So I know when I do initiative, mechanics, all that stuff, red meeple number one is either top of the list, bottom of the list, doing stuff, taking damage, all that stuff. How, how do I hit red meeple number one? I have a number next to you to know that, oh, my green goblin number six is hitting red meeple number one to hit you. And it's kind of fun. And even though it's a meeple representing your character, you are expressing your character. The previous panel was a voice actor. And he was kind of cool. I jumped in at the end of it, and it was really cool to hear and hear him like, like know how to do different things, what kind of voices he did, his favorite projects and stuff. You don't have to have a voice. I will portray all NPCs this voice 
if I have some like awesome character I want to do, I'll actually look up a YouTube video of like different, like I want this guy to have like a Russian accent. No, that's not what I want. And then I'll maybe go through different European accents to find what I want. And then I have a character, Reddit Oaksgod, who is a satyr, who's got sign of a uh, Russian accent. Anyone play League of Legends? Think Braum. Do you have a question, or you play League? No, I play League. Excellent. <laughs> I love Brom. I used to main Brom, and so I wanted hit his like sort of his voice, his characteristic in a character. So I made this barbarian guy who has a large shield and a large cloak, and Brom is here. So before I start any game, I have to yell into the car, "Brom is here" to get me into the mindset. <laughs> I have a female cleric, uh, Val who is modeled after Brigitte from Overwatch, right? And she's always helping out and stuff, so I'm yelling in the car, Hello, friends! And that's her personality. She's a traveling cleric willing to help you out. She takes half the gold, finders keepers, and if you die, oh well, she tried to save you and she moves on to the next party. She will take your gold, though. So it's great. See, those are the sort of things you can portray. You don't have to be a character from an anime. You could do Dragon Ball Z, and you could try and fit it into an anime-fitting RPG, because this has the rules to make it more anime-like. It's dramatic. It's got character to it. It's got dramatic moments to it. D&D has role-playing elements, but it's a war game, honestly. You have people nowadays use the maps, they have their meeples, their miniatures, all that stuff. And then they fight them. They <laughs> smash them together. Red meeple number one and green goblin number six are just going at it and stuff. That's how it is. Whereas if you want something like you like to do story, you like to do narrative, you don't care for combat too much. Maybe find a system that is more catered to that. There's a system called Stars Without Numbers that doesn't do too much math, but does more role-playing. World of Darkness is essentially, you're a vampire hunter, a werewolf hunter. You're like dark creature hunting. It's got combat mechanics, but it's based on the Scion system, which allows for more role-playing. You have more skills, and certain abilities you get enhance your skills to either interact, to attract, identify, Maybe you have magics that interact with these. And so maybe instead of hunting vampires, you're looking for vampires to purify them. Or you can join them in your cult or something like that. But through that, you do it through role play and storytelling, as opposed to meet red meeple number one, smashing face against <laughs> black meeple number ten. You know? Uh, now I have a question. Yes, what's up? Alright. So going back to the D thing. Okay. I, this, this is my situation. I played when I was a lot younger. Okay. Back then we didn't have the meeples and we didn't have the maps. Yeah. So it was a lot more imaginative than role playing. Mm -hmm. So my question is this. So what's your take on how far a, a dungeon master or a game master should present the world? And because I've seen situations where sometimes uh, a GM is completely hands off and says, well, you're the player characters, you've got to decide what you want to do. I'm just going to stand back here and tell you what your, the, the repercussions are. Mm -hmm. And then I've had other game masters say, no, this is exactly what's happening, and here's what the light is, and this happens, and that happens, and now go. So in other words, they're like, I've created the entire environment, 
now you have to deal with that. Which, which one of those do you prefer, or, I mean, is there, is there room for either one? Depends on your players. Now, <laughs> first off, I didn't introduce myself to the newcomers. My name is Alex. I go to Pima Community College, and I am the president of the Tabletop RPG Club. And so what I do as the president is other people who join the club for meetings, they'll create their own pods and create their own games and stuff. I am the one teaching the new people how to play because they're there to learn. It's interesting. Heard about it. What other way to spend a Friday afternoon than either working or playing Dungeons and Dragons? So when they do decide to play Dungeons and Dragons, they come to me. And so with those kinds of people, I have a story for them already, and it's like a one-shot. I have an environment, I have decisions, I have pre-planned traps, skill checks, monsters, everything for them. And so they're just learning the mechanics of everything up first. So with them, I try, I have things prepared, and I try and do a lot of the heavy lifting for them, just to get them involved. When I have games where, okay, these, everyone has some experience, they're familiar with it, I will have them roll tables for me. Like if I have tables of like, oh, what kind of trap? Hey, roll a d12 for me, and that's the trap that's gonna be in the next room. Exactly, see? And then, oh, go ahead and roll a d20 for me, and that's the monster. Go ahead and roll a d6, and that's how many of them. Yeah, see? So I do that sort of thing as well. And it depends on the people as well. For the people who, in the last situation you said, railroading, right? They have this, they have the story, you are the players, but you're really playing the DM story. For new players, that's not fun. For people who are either conditioned for it or who just like to sit at the table and kind of watch the shaman with the fire do the smoke signals and tell the story as a campfire, that's great. It's a small number of people, because everyone wants a hand in everything. Someone wants to say, no, I want to try unlocking, unlocking the, the lock. Or I want to talk to the person and see if I can get a discount. They're all trying to engage with it. So my favorite take is you have points. Like, this is what I do. These are the things that we need to accomplish today. Everything in between is fluff and what the players do. So, like, well, for instance, I run a one-shot where there's a tomb, but in there there's a puzzle where it's like there's a scroll that has a book on top that has a lock on top that has a sword step through And each of those pieces has a puzzle and there's an associated room to it. So the sword is missing the crystal in its hilt. So they got to go to the room where it's an armory. Well, to get to that point, I will let the players decide, oh, they want to investigate the different doors. And I tell them all about the different doors. And they try picking the locks of the other doors. But it just doesn't work because they're all magical. So they're all trying different things. And I have certain, like, flags that's like, yes, you've done it. Now you, the door is open. Then they can explore. And in that door, it's like, I have this and this. But to get to this, let's see what they do. Sometimes they need guiding. They need help. They're just trying everything, and it's not working. So, like, give it a couple times, and if they aren't going toward it, sort of guide them or give them another clue. If they're, like... Divine intervention thing. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe not so much. Maybe divine suggestion. Okay. (laughs) Because if you tell them upright, a player feels defeated. Right. And then if it's like, oh, is this what's going to happen throughout the game? 
they might lose interest. So if it's like, takes a second, maybe plant a clue. Or like, oh, they're all trying the same thing. Oh, you're doing that, but make something up. Like, that doesn't seem to be it. But it seems like it's guiding you towards something else. Or maybe the glyphs say something else to maybe look at the other room. Or maybe there's things in the corners of the room that guide you to the middle of the room where you're supposed to be going and doing the thing, please. <laughs> so you can, like, divine suggestion is, would be a good way to put it. So it really depends on the players. Like, if they're new, they want a story, they want to learn, all that stuff. If they're experienced, they're there to interact. Because I've had people who come in and they're like, all right, I'm a paladin, I've got these spells, all right, I know we're going to battle, so you get this buff, this buff, I'm charged, my sword is good to go, and it's like, they're ready. And it's like, awesome, white meeple number one is good to go. Red meeple number one, what are you doing? And so, yeah. <laughs> See, and so at that point, I feel like, well, since you're a wizard, you can do this and this. Or maybe if you're... Um, Let's say, depending on like the class, or let's say any other system. So let's say we're doing, I don't know, some sci-fi thing, and we're readying ourselves for combat. Well, white meeple number one has shields up, good to go, everything's glowing, buzzing, vibrant, he's bouncing off the walls, he is excellent. Red meeple number one, you might be the one that's like, oh, I want to turn invisible and go around them. And so while everyone's being a distraction, you want to do this. So I would help you guide you do that. It's like, okay, look at the sheet, here's this. And then as it's your turn, I'm saying, okay, you go this and you do this. I need to make a check. Oh, it looks like you were loud. And so the enemies are now not paying attention to the white meeple, but they're looking in your area. So then I would be like, well, here's some options that you can do. So I would help guide you. But let's say you're a white paladin. You know what's <laughs> up. So you might already just be good to go. So it's your turn, bam, bam, bam. You're okay. Or if you do something unexpected that you're not used to, it might take you a second to do something. That's always the best as a player. <laughs> yeah. And as a GM, when your players pull something out of the hat, you're just like, okay. Yeah, it's like it, improvisation is probably a yes. key thing to do as a DM. And I want to advocate that any, everyone should try DMing at some point. Just because it's an experience that you are leading and telling the story. And if you're not good at telling a story, get a module. Get a one-shot. Find it on the internet. Um, what is it? The Great Sheet Chase or something like that is a very popular one-shot for D&D. It's, uh, it's easy to follow. The monsters are simple. And it's good to go. It comes with a map that you can print out and put your meeples on. And it's good to go. By the way, this bag of meeples was 10 bucks on Amazon. Sometimes <laughs> it's on sale for eight and stuff. So if you just want these for generic things, like, hey, let's all play like some random game and get drunk or something like that. <laughs> no time. one's going to know how yeah. to play, so you have the meeples ready, and you're good to go. Now, at a club meeting, I can't say that and say, all right, everyone go to the cafe, get your sodas and snacks, and then we'll be good to go. And then I've got your meeples ready. Some people will come to the table with miniatures already. Some people... Um, one of the pub games I did at um, Senedwiki, some guy came with like a squishy duck thing. It was really cute, and it was white duck. And I have this giant mat with wet erase marker, so it would pick up my marker. So his butt, when you flipped him over, was pretty dark. And so from the beginning, and I maybe did like three or four of these games for him, this duck just got so discolored. And so I ended up buying him a new one. He got just like, <laughs> But he's like, no. 
this duck has experience. It's got memories. And so they were so excited. So they got invested in that sort of thing. And so like as you play, you maybe get a miniature or something. Um, more plugs, hearts, concepts, and DM's arsenal on the table. They have miniatures for sale that are really cool for fairly reasonable prices. So if you're looking to not have, oh, maybe you don't want to be Red Meeple number one. You don't want to be a Meeple. No, you want to be this badass cleric with a giant sword and a shield that spins around you. <laughs> go find yourself a miniature and go do it. Miniatures are like seven bucks or so. Suggested item. All you really need is a pen, some dice. Usually the DM buys a bunch of dice because they know the newbies don't have them. Or maybe it's an experience. Everyone goes shopping together at the local game store, Isle of Games, Games and Gadgets, all that stuff. And everyone picks out a set of dice for them to play Thursday night or something. So that's always a fun experience. Another question? Yeah. Oh, somebody over here? I didn't know I'd come. Oh, um, I hadn't played in a long time. Uh -huh. so I don't want to date myself. Back in the day when I did play, when I was going to college, there were no meeples. Actually, there wasn't much when it came to video games anyway. We're talking Commodore 64. We were character sheet, pen and paper kind of people. Mm -hmm. So now I feel like I step out of the time machine because now I want to get introduced into the game again and everybody's talking about meeples. So is that now just, if you don't have your meeples, you can't play the game or? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. So what you are describing for the younger generations here is something called theater of the mind. So essentially the DM would express a situation and you had to decide, oh, I want to do this and this, and you would have to describe it. So essentially you made choices through dialogue. So now, out of your time machine, a lot of us are visual learners, visual receivers. We need to have a visualization going. Some people like the theatrics of it and prefer not to have the extra bits. I'm a craft person, so I like the extra bits. I want to make sure I've got painted minis for you eventually. So it's like, all right, guys, you are now level three. You have all your subclasses. We're now ready for more dangerous things. Things won't kill you in one shot. I have some miniatures for you. And it like, it's like a special thing. And so the miniature makes it personable and people get attached to it so they want to make more defining decisions for the character yeah i noticed it's more of a game board situation yes right? now you've got the miniatures you've got you know set up for people who have mm -hmm. a collapsible dungeon walls mm -hmm. and all this other stuff so as, as somebody came in back into the game, that's something I have to take into consideration because a lot of times I go into the ethical mode if I try to get in. And people sort of look at me like, I want to see it. Right. Because they're, you know, in a video game, movie. So what I've done is I look at, like, modern films, and I say, it's like, remember that scene in The Hobbit? Remember yeah. that scene in uh, Game of Thrones? Like that. Yeah. And that, that allows them to visualize the setting I'm trying to. When I create my DM notes for a different setting, I on my Instagram, my Tumblr, my Pixiv, all the people I follow are landscape artists or like concept artists. 
So I get these vivid images of maybe plains or mountains or some ruins you'd find in the Indiana Jones movies, but they're more fantastic ones. I will always put a picture in my DM notes, and I will always, like, when I'm practicing or looking through my notes, I will take, like, a minute, and I'll time myself to say, I'm going to describe the scene in a minute, and then I'm going to describe the scene in five minutes, and practice like that to say, can I get this visual visualization to someone? I will practice DMing with my brother and my girlfriend in a car, go out places. I'm like, I have this idea, bear with me. And she's like, do I need to get the dice out? I was like, no, no, we don't need to do that. <laughs> just do it. And so I'll do theater of the mind with them, just so I get, like, one, is what I'm saying clear? And two, is it something that is engaging, too? Because engagement is there. You can be there, and the DM just goes off on this grand image. And it's like, great. Where are we in this image? And they're like, oh, you're in that house over there in the little village over there. Hello, welcome. We're talking about RPGs and all that stuff. Do you know what an RPG is? Yes. Yes. What games do you play? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder. We play D&D. D&D? Right. right on. So we're talking about just like what tabletop role-playing games are in general and like, if you like the general stuff, but maybe you're more into role play, there's other games. Or if you're like war gaming, there's other ones. So we're just doing like a general overview. Of those. So if you've got questions, go ahead and raise your hand. Did that did that help anything with your question? Yeah, I, I was just trying to get your feel on, on, on stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, like right now, the only. The only way that I get uh, to be able to play is to like, go to a like Tucson Gadget game on, on a Wednesday or Saturday night and just do the one shots. Yeah. And they're fun. Yeah. You know, I'm more of a campaign kind of guy. I'm more of a getting people together and going through and developing that grand storyline. And that just seems like that's not. A lot of like the public spaces like one shots. It seems like nowadays you need to get a group of friends, you need to have like a consistent meeting time in order to get those campaigns going. I've tried doing campaigns with my club and they either fall short, whether it's time management or scheduling or whatnot, or it's just people are just moving on and stuff and so I don't have a consistent game. So for those public spaces, I've opted to just do one shots or like, well, if you're here next week, We'll do part two, but I still keep them like episodic in a sense. I'm right now in a game where we're doing 3.5 edition for Dungeons and Dragons, and we meet every week, or at least try to. School started, so we have the rush, so we're taking a break for a second until we collect ourselves. But I've been able to do it for a long time. I think we're coming up to a year soon. So that's exciting for me, because I haven't been able to do something for a while. But I'm also a player, so for my DM to have that stamina is incredible in a sense for like nowadays because it just you just hear stories of this and I'll go on Reddit and they'd be like, well I've done my campaign for five years and I just finished, ask me anything. And that's a great feat <laughs> for this day of age. I know like I know people yeah. who've done it for ten years and stuff. I know people who are like, yeah, we started in A D and D and when a new edition comes out, we adapt our characters and we just keep going. And it's impressive. They must just have a close knit group of people. Right. So like with the one shot, you were looking for a campaign setting. Maybe get like if you're. Do you have kids? Or, no. 
Um, do you have like pub buddies or anything like that, or friends you go out drinking with? Or oh, yeah, of course. But yeah. if, I, if I introduce this to them, they, they consider me. Yeah, let's just put it this way. This is something I keep in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't have to now, so. Take them to the Rest Tavern in the back of TGG in the Tucson Mall. Yeah. yeah. So those one-shot groups, Wednesday, Saturdays there, are... Yeah, I, I, I started to show up. They're the one-shots, but if you start talking to some of the GMs and that, there are other groups that meet there to play campaigns and regular games. Yeah, just I, gotta, I, I figured out that... Uh, is a lot like a strip club. So you, <laughs> and you, you buy the general floor, but if you want to go into the back private room, you've got to pay more. <laughs> Only five bucks. It's, it's five bucks, it but it's also uh, drinks and candy and I, stuff. I noticed, I've, I've actually tried to even look, because some of those back rooms are, I mean, they're real expansive. They've got video monitors, and they look like they're really getting into it. And I peek in there, and they slam the door. No. <laughs> private. Yeah. Some groups sadly are jerks. Yeah. But there's don't, don't there's a lot of groups there that are good, and there's a lot to play out front. Yeah, so. I guess I just have to yeah. show up. Somewhere. We originally yeah. became friends yes. because for yeah. Mark, we go there and play there. We're I used to do a open sun, <laughs> an open Sunday Star Wars game when it first came out. Anybody could show up, learn how to play it. You know, people started sticking around. We got it to what, like seven people that became yeah, regulars. Least, yeah. It became a campaign, not just a one shot, because everyone was like, let's keep this going. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's kind of hard to get into a new group. Uh, if if you haven't seen it in the very back of the Tucson Mall location, they've got the wanted board. Where yeah, you can totally, that. yeah. You can totally put yourself on the list of you know, hey, if anybody has an opening free these nights. Yeah. I started playing at a Boy Scout camp. I had my <laughs> senior patrol leader sit us down, and a couple other uh, scoutmates, and he's like, all right. This die decides your fate. And so he would go off on a story and be like, all right, you are in this setting, and you're going to make these decisions. And based on what kind of things I ask of you, if it's like you do something cool, I'm going to have you roll that die, and let's see how well your character does. And so that's how I did it. And there was no system or anything. It was just a simple D6. And it was great fun. So maybe something you could try with your friends is like maybe at dinner or something. It's like, hey, play pretend for me for a second. I know get, getting past that part, that initial question, might be a trick, but once you do, maybe just have like a single D6 and just start. No, I've got, I have a whole other separate group of friends. They're more into like fantasy football and golf. They're not going to do that. Hey, you'll be football players. <laughs> <laughs> fantasy football Take them there for a beer close. and then be like, oh, look at these games. The, the, yeah. the, there's a <laughs> at the sports ball arena, and now you have to go <laughs> save everyone and make sure everyone's out, but in the middle of it, there's a giant robot and stuff, and you've got mutants and masterminds. Really drunk, I might say, hey, you guys want to try something new? And yeah, I see. They may think I'm going in one direction. I'll say, no, we're going to play role-playing games. <laughs> Just tell them we're playing a board game, and they won't know. And if you've got a mat out and stuff and some meeples, they don't know the difference. Yeah, they're like using a roofing them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a question earlier? Uh, I was more of a statement. I was going to say uh, quite a few of those have really good starter sets mm -hmm. for both GMs and players. Great starter set. Star Wars has great starter sets for all three of their books. D&D's Lost Minds of Fendelver, the first starter set, is amazing. Minds of Fendelver, for anyone, has a history with d &D. So the starter set kind of like introduces with everything, but if you want more, 
you don't have to look at fifth edition for additional stories. Go to the old editions. Look for like oh, inspirations yeah. and concepts. Like Eberron. I love the oh. Eberron setting for Dungeons and Dragons. I have all the Eberron supplements for 3.5, and I just poured it over. Even though fifth edition has Eberron stuff, it's like after those other books, you still combine them together and it's great stuff. That Strixhaven, and not only you have a, like sort of a steampunk Harry Potter thing going on, it's wonderful. <laughs> So, and now, when I say, oh yeah, get this book, get this book, get this book, this is 30 bucks, 40 bucks, cheaper on Amazon, if you don't like supporting <laughs> local game stores, how dare you. <laughs> this is an old book. I only got this book because I actually followed the artist on DeviantArt, saw this, I'm like, this is the book, and then started reading it, and I kind of want to convert it to 5e. Um, this is 80 bucks at Bookman's. Uh, this is a damaged copy, so I got it for 30, so it's excellent. Wow. But a lot of these games, like this was 50 bucks. Generally, you're looking 30 to 60 bucks a book, depending on like limited prints and stuff, so that can get expensive, right? Pick, pick one to start off with, and then branch out from there. I've been wanting this one for a long time. It's kind of like a light anime crafting role-playing game. Um, I have some friends who are into like crafting stuff, like crafting and game. Like if you bring video game elements to a <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons game, it becomes a grind session and it doesn't become fun because when you're playing these games, you're there for the story. Take crafting off screen or just be like, well, I want to do this. Okay, a week later you have your want. And just sort of keep it short, keep it simple, and just keep going with it. You, you want it to have a story with it and you want it to be somewhat engaging. And if you're starting off as a DM, don't, uh, you're gonna be nervous, but just try it. And who knows, if it takes a couple beers of you to get you going, so be it. And then record yourself, and then be like, well, that was funny, I was really drunk, so let's try and do that when I'm not drunk. Any other questions? I see people lining up for the next one, and I've got five minutes. Any questions, comments? Red meeple number one, how do you feel? I think that you should give me the map and the one shot, and then I can make my son here, be the GM, and I can act things out since I'm totally dramatic. <laughs> That's awesome. Arcane, there you go. So Arcane Collector is where I got this. They're a, okay. booth, they're a booth upstairs. I signed up for an email, and they gave me some dice. I'm going to give these back because I'm plugging them and stuff. This, this is all sponsored! This stream is sponsored by Isle of Games, Games and Gadgets, Otaku Nation. If you want an anime-style RPG, Otaku Nation is where you gotta go. Because they also have Bezum, Big Eyes, Small Mouth. Little, little silly, but it's good. This one, um, Amazing Discoveries and Bookman's had... I actually don't know what location they are, unless it's from a warehouse or something. Um, Games and Gadgets is cool because in the Tucson Mall one, they have like a giant like shelf of just different RPGs. They have a Lord of the Rings one, so if you want to do like Middle Earth stuff, there's a supplement for 5e. There's its own system. The supplement is hard to find and it's expensive and it's been discontinued and I don't know if there'll be Humble Bundles anymore for it, but the new system is, I hear it's fun. Yeah, they but, even have a phone app. Yeah. That oh. blew my mind. That was, I felt like a caveman discovered fire. <laughs> <laughs> so you, could, you could put it all on your phone. And yeah, I've, I've got everything on my phone now. Yeah. Characters, I can roll dice yep. on my phone. It's nice. Mm -h
and pen and paper. And you can make up your own game, you can have the rules, but in table. Table is absolutely essential. And floor works. Floor <laughs> counts as a table. If you get older, the floor If you're in a manufactured home, it's on stilts. It's just a giant table with They're gaming at the convention, right? Yeah, there's games you can uh, sign up for. The room that way, the next two rooms is all gaming this weekend. Upstairs. Oh, it's upstairs. Yeah, upstairs. Yeah. Uh, there's also RingCon after the con here is going to the Ramada, if you have RingCon tickets. Mm -hmm. At the Ramada Hotel, that's literally just near the side of the freeway. We've got gaming going all night and all weekend. Yeah. After, So there's a con and then there's the after con. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. And there's yeah. some open gaming and then some you have to have signed up for or mm -hmm. can still sign up for through the apps. Yeah, yeah. If you like MMOs, do you guys play MMOs or anything? Multiplayer online games, World of Warcraft or anything? Watch movies? What do you, what do you like doing? Just in hobbies? What's up besides sleeping and going to work? We watch movies sometimes. Watch, yeah. So if you like sci-fi movies, there's sci-fi RPGs for you. If you like the fantasy ones, well, obviously. Pathfinder's good if you don't want to do D&D. It's got a little more mechanics to it, but it's actually, the second edition is very streamlined, and I actually like how it looks. I haven't played it yet. Um, if you just like stories in general, check out Stars Without Numbers, World of Darkness, The Scions. The Scions, essentially, you are like a demigod in the modern-day setting with skills and stuff, so it's kind of cool. Um, there's just different things, and it just depends on what your fancy is. Get a starter set. If you want to start small, get a starter set. Dungeons & Dragons starter set. Cyberpunk is cool if you want like that gritty sci-fi thing going on. Yeah. i got a minute one minute questions. No. Shock them. Yeah, right on. All right, thank you, you all. Games, What's can. up? Good luck, yeah. yeah. How do you like find time to play? <laughs> like, I have a, I had a friend back home who is into tabletop RPGs, and she says the hardest part about it is finding the, like, uh, getting everyone to empty their schedule for six hours straight. Four hours. Oh, that's a nice. Four yeah, shorten hours. them down to three to four. Uh, if you were a DM chance. prepping, if you can get your one-shots down to two hours and account for one hour of fluff, you're golden. Because then the first hour is just you catching up, getting drinks, eating food, all that <laughs> stuff. So four hours is a good number I've been finding. Yep. Two encounters, one social encounter, and chit-chat. Yeah. Or <laughs> one, or... Now, the all-nighters are great, too. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, who has time for Gaming until break? the sun comes up. But Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. He's Thank you for listening to D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. A member of the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Please follow us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cppn to never miss a show or stream. <laughs>